Greetings and welcome to the HP Podcast. I'm Ben, and with me here is Brandon. Hey. And Dave. Howdy. He is no longer tasting cake this week. No, no, no cake was tasted. As a matter of fact, just an appetizer, uh, entrees, and about six different desserts. And they were all delicious, so. Are you trying to tell me you didn't taste a cake, though, for your wedding tasting? No, no. The tasting was just for the uh, the actual menu for the for the meal that, that night. I don't know. Do, do I need to taste a cake? Isn't cake cake? I mean, I would say it is, but a lot of people would differ with that. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. For my wedding, I was thinking about just having like rotisserie chickens on the table and everyone can just kind of like... <laughs> From Walmart. Yeah, everyone can just kind of like pick as they please, you know? Just cost, my wedding. Costco $8 <laughs> chickens everywhere. <laughs> we had like a cake, I think. I'm hard, it's, tr- it's hard to remember at this point, but we also did chocolate covered strawberries. Ooh. Like everybody got chocolate. And like they were like gourmet, whatever. I don't know what that means. They're just bigger, I guess. But uh, yeah, that was that was a thing. But I like the rotisserie chicken option. It's, you know, people are just tired of doing the same old thing at every wedding they go to. So you got to make it a little different. You never see carcasses on every table <laughs> you never see that that's for the after party usually. that's unheard of um in the wedding scene man i was just realizing that it's been almost a decade since i got married because uh i actually have these lawn chairs that i like you know we we have used every year and they're really nice lawn chairs we got them as a gift for our wedding and somebody i was like man we these things don't last very long and my wife was like it's been almost 10 years since we got, i was like oh yeah <laughs> I mean, I knew how long we'd been married, yeah. but uh, of course, you know, but uh, time catches up. Forgot again. about the chairs being that old, too. So yep. this is the HP podcast, your weekly show about video games and basically uh, rotisserie chickens at weddings as well. And we want to thank the patrons who make the show possible. You can go over to, to patreon.com slash handsome phantom and sign up for the Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You get ad free early access. And uh, it's just, you know, it's a spectacular time. Okay. Yes. Spectubular. Spectubular. It is a word that I just, uh, wow. I just, I don't know if I came up with it, but I just said it and don't know if it's a real word. I like I do it. That all the, I do that all the time. Yeah. And uh, also, if you want to hang out with us, you can go over to our Discord at handsomephantom.com slash Discord and hop right in, hang out, say hello. Just look at the old channels from old shows we used to have about Fortnite and uh, Evangelion and make fun of us. For some reason, people like to do that. I have to Either. drop my I have to drop my quarterly message in the fly by night channel just to say yes. start the show again. <laughs> yes. What if we did we started so for those who don't know, we had a, a show that was actually one of our most popular things we've ever done called Fly by Night, which was all about Fortnite. We did it in season four and it carried over into season five. It was Brandon, Dustin and I. And me, whatever the right English is there. And uh, then we just stopped playing Fortnite and quit caring about it. So we stopped doing the show. But what if we revived it and did it from the angle of uh, these guys don't play about, don't care about Fortnite, but they're going to talk about it for an hour anyway. Okay. Let's just do it. Let's do it. I was thinking of the alternate timeline where we actually continued the show. Yeah. Um, and, and we it, work for Epic and now. It, and it became our only thing. <laughs> right. Um, and we started making like really cringy YouTube thumbnails uh-huh. to, to impress the children that play the game. I could, I could see it's it's very close to the darkest timeline. Yes. Um, would have been that. Indeed. I think we would actually like start selling skins for the podcast <laughs> listeners. Like here's a skin for your for for your podcast listening app uh, to make you look more like Wolverine. Uh, while you listen to this podcast. Yeah, nothing like selling skins. That's right. Boys, let's talk about some news. What do you say? 
Let's do it. Do it. Today, PlayStation on the PlayStation blog announced Housemark is now part of the family. And here's what I'm going to tell you about this is that I clicked on the link in my Google Doc on my uh, on my iPad and it's telling me I need to install Safari or Chrome, which I already have both of. So it's taking us. Okay, here we go. Welcoming <laughs> Just Housemark. Just fuck them. Go with Mozilla. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Dude, use Opera. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, welcoming Housemark to the PlayStation Studios family. Today, this is this is from Herman Hulse, the head of PlayStation Studios. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome a new member to the PlayStation Studios family. I have been a fan of Housemark since the studio's early days when they introduced Super Stardust HD to PlayStation fans. Housemark's recent release of Returnal proves the studio is one with incredible vision, capable of creating memorable new games that resonate with our community. This edition enhances the creative force of PlayStation Studios, and I cannot wait to see what the future holds for Housemark. Yada, yada, yada. Then a statement from the managing director and co-founder over at Housemark. Guys, gut check here, gut reaction. What do you think about PlayStation bringing Housemark into the family? Oh, let me uh, let me enlighten you with my hot take. Mm-hmm. I've been seeing this for a long time. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many people I saw today on Twitter when yeah. this got announced yeah. say that they've you know, we've been knowing this for a long time. We've been seeing this for a long time. So I just want to put out my unique and completely individual idea right. that we saw this coming for a long time. Well, I agree. That that kind of stuff gets <laughs> annoying. But in fairness, this has been one of those that's been like yeah. discussed for years and years and years. Right. I'm yeah. teasing, but yeah. Uh what do you do you like I don't know if either of you like Housemark games. Have you ever played Housemark games previous to this? Previous at all? Yeah, I I I, I have not played Returnal like you, Ben. Yeah, me uh, either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but I have played uh, Alienation and Zombie Nation, and um, I, I don't know if a lot of people were like me today and were a little bit surprised. It's like, I thought PlayStation already owned them. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, they seem to show a lot of faith in the studio with Returnal. Um, I assume some of their financial resources in the development of Returnal probably came from Sony in some way. Absolutely. Um, So despite, you know, however the sales ended up with Returnal and, you know, the reception was was good among critics and maybe not as much among among uh, fans. But I'm sure Housemark's next game will be their biggest ever and probably be a true triple A. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it means big, big things for them in the future. For sure. Uh, Let's see. Today, this is what the co-founder said, and and I'm saying that because I don't know how to correctly pronounce his name, so I'm not going to. Uh, But today is a big name, a big day for Housemark, and has been over 26 years in the making. I didn't realize they'd been around quite that long. Our strong partnership with Sony Interactive Entertainment started out with Super Stardust HD on PS3, and since then we have made arcade-inspired games for all of the PlayStation platforms. With Returnal for PS5, our most recent release, our biggest foray into third-person action gaming solidified our voice and brand in the industry as delivering unique and quality player experiences. And I think at some point, either here or in another interview I saw, they did talk about the, their, you know, their next game is going to be even bigger than Returnal. And I think a lot of us, myself included, even though I was hopeful, were a little bit skeptical of, well, should should Housemark be making a $70 game? We haven't seen them prove that in the past. And I think they proved a lot of people wrong Yeah, uh, with that. Because Returnal is just, I mean, you mentioned their numbers, Dave. I don't know. We haven't seen publicly available numbers, but they they were and have been at the, you know, close to the top of the charts since the game released. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I think this is a really smart move for Sony. And coming from someone who has next to no experience with the studio itself, Housemark, um, I'd love to play Returnal someday, um, but haven't yet. Uh, I think that they have a special way of aggregating their studios um, in such a way that they're confident in them. And yeah. we haven't really seen anything, at least from my point of view, that has said any otherwise. I mean, Insomniac, Santa Monica Studios, you know, the Nine Yards. Um, so I could see the value in the company. I mean, you know, even look at visually Returnal. Um, so I think that this is definitely a smart move. And I agree with Dave. Um, I think that this was kind of like a proving next step for them with Returnal. Yeah. And now that they have been acquired by Sony, it's just going to skyrocket them. I think the hype for the company itself, not like it wasn't there because it has been. Um, but Returnal, I would say probably is their biggest game, if I had to guess. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, it's definitely their biggest as far as scope. Now, did, did you play Resogun? For some reason, I thought you played Resogun. That that was like I think one of the first couple PlayStation Plus games yeah. before I had my PS4. It launched on PlayStation Plus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, I I've seen it being played many times, but I've yeah. never played myself. So I love Resogun. It's one of those games where you can just jump into it for a few minutes in between, like oh well, I'm waiting on this game, or uh, maybe you know you just you just completed a level in whatever game, and you know you gotta you gotta go somewhere in half an hour so why not jump in and and try to kill some aliens and save some humans while you're at it uh resogun's great for that and all, all the other games they've made that i've played which is i don't know that i ever played super stardust but i might have i mean i know i've seen it but i i can't remember if i've actually played it because that's been so long ago it clean feels... back in 94 94 yep, 93 was stardust one well yeah yeah i definitely didn't yeah. play that but the first one they did with sony which would have yeah. been in Oh six ish probably Super Stardust HD. Anyway, oh seven, oh seven. Okay, yeah, it was close. Well, yeah, not bad. Pretty not impressive. Bad. For a shot in the dark, and uh, yeah, so I'm really excited. I, I I'm sure that once I actually get to play Returnal, uh, my by the way, for an update, my PlayStation is supposedly on its way back from Sony. We'll see if it's fixed this time or not. But uh, I'm really excited to play Returnal and have been for a long time. So, congrats to them. The one thing I couldn't figure out here, this says they joined. PlayStation Studios, and but I don't know if that means. I mean, I'm assuming that means they they've been purchased, right? Yeah, that's like, what it seems like to me. But I don't see any of that information. Yeah, but I don't see that information released, and certainly we don't see any numbers yet. That usually comes out around the the quarterly numbers uh, that time frame. But it never once says they've been acquired or purchased or anything like that. It just constantly says they're part of the PlayStation Studios family, which I thought that there was a PlayStation Studios branding at the beginning of Returnal. But I could be wrong. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I think it's most likely that, they, that they've been purchased, but we'll see. Yeah, you should know. That's the only part of the game you've seen. That and, <laughs> yes, that and the next 30 seconds. And that's yeah. uh, pretty much it for me. Okay, the next story is exciting for like a bajillion different reasons. And Brandon, I know you're particularly excited about this. Dave, did you play? Okay, so here's the story first. Ghost of Tsushima, has the director's cut, has been rated by the ESRB. And it has been uh, rated on PS4 and PS5. Dave, did you play Ghost? Absolutely, yes. Okay, nice. So we've all played it. 
Uh, I assume we all loved it because I, I know Brandon and I did. Dave, I think you did as well. And uh, yeah, so the entertainment, the, the ESRB has filed a rating for Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut, which effectively reveals the existence of a new PS4 and PS5 version of Sucker Punch's hit game ahead of any official announcement. The newly published rating reveals that this is courtesy of IGN, by the way, that Sony Interactive Entertainment has submitted a game called Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut for rating, and then it will be available both on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Now, earlier in the week, or maybe it was even last week, we heard about uh, the possibility of a of an expansion or a standalone game or something along those lines uh, set on a different island, perhaps, of Ghost of Tsushima, which I would have to imagine these two things are related, right? Yeah. I mean, there's very little chance that they're going to put out a director's cut without whatever addition they're going to be adding. Right. What is it that you want to see more from Ghost of Tsushima? Or do you just want more of the same? I like that um, we're seeing more of this and whatever it actually turns out to be, whether it is ghosts of Ishikawa is what I saw. Like it was actually a different name. So it's sort of like that. It's sort of like Miles Morales or Lost Legacy where it's, it's not like a sequel, but it's sort of like it's more than a bit of DLC. And I love that it's standalone. So yeah. Um, if it's something robust, like to the degree that those ones were and, uh, infamous, what was it? Second light? Second, second, son. second, son. second, no, wait, son. Oh, no, was... no, first light, first, first light. light. Yep. Yeah. Second son was the game. <laughs> yeah. So I love that. I mean, the, the game was obviously, uh, received extremely well. So why not give us a little bit more, uh, a little bit sooner than we can expect a fully realized sequel. Like this is just a nice stopgap of more more of what we know everybody loves. So I think it's a great idea. Yeah. My thought about this is, and this is just, um, this is as little spoilers as possible. Uh, At the end of the game, you, you know, the ghost can no longer, or maybe chooses, depending on, there are multiple branches that you can take at the end of the game. So either is no longer or chooses to no longer be in Tsushima or on Tsushima. So maybe, it goes, Jin goes somewhere else. Yeah. And that's the that's the expansion. Or maybe yeah. it's a totally different character or whatever. Who knows? And again, we don't know for sure that that's going to be included in the director's cut. Uh, their IGN points out one strange thing. They said one strange element. The rating states that there are in-game purchases, but only for the PS4 version. It's unclear what that means as Ghost doesn't feature microtransactions. Uh, the thing I was thinking about is that... Remember whenever they added Legends, which, by the way, is just them giving us more sooner. Once again, the, the multiplayer edition, you had to actually go in and like redeem a multiplayer token, essentially, from right. the store. It was free, but you still had to go in and do it. And I'm imagining if, if they offer this uh, for PS4 and uh, an upgrade, whether it's free or paid to PS5, which I would hope it would be free because they've already done so many enhancements to the PS4 version that you just have to go in and redeem that right. again. But I guess we'll see a little more once that comes about. I would be really interested to see if it's another Final Fantasy thing where they're like, here's an expansion, but it's only available on the PS5 version. You can't get it on the PS4 version. I think that's bad business, but that's just my... Yeah. Yeah, they've given us so much. I can't really foresee them doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but my biggest draw to something new is that I platinum the game, and yeah. once I platinum a game, I am less motivated to play it. Right. And that was before the 60 frames per second patch came out yeah. on the PS4, and I would love a reason to be reinvigorated for this game, because I've seen the patch. Yes. 
I just haven't played it. You know what I mean? Like, like I booted it up and walked around a little bit, but it's something different to be said for actually experiencing the full thing. Um, I'm incredibly intrigued by this idea. Uh, I'm a little bit, I'm wondering what this new trend in the director's cut's going to be. Uh-huh. This is the second game we've seen come out with this type of naming on it. Right. You know, you have um, Kojima's game. What's right. That? That, Death Stranding Death director's Stranding. cut. Yeah. And I just wonder what that means exactly based on normal things. Like, I understand the reference as far as movie movies go. There's going to be some more different content. But when I think of that in movies, I think of a couple extra things. Right. And mostly the same thing. Some deleted scenes or something. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I'm confused by the naming. But regardless, nonetheless, you know, I would love to see more Jin. I would love to see something else. I mean, there were a ton of really awesome characters in the game. Um, but, yeah, just another reason to play this beautiful beautiful breathtaking game would be excellent by me so. for sure i would be interested to see if they do anything else with legends in addition to that i know they've continued to, to work on it but legends was such a big hit right after it came out uh that i really think that if they were to expand or whatever on that as well that would be fun yeah so i i agree with you by the way i i played ghost and platinum it. And then when the update came out, I think I did the new game plus. I might have imagined that, but either way, uh, it came out. And but by the time I definitely played it for a while, right? By the time that the patch came out, I did the same thing as you. I hopped in, I downloaded the patch, I hopped in, I ran around a little bit to see the features, and then I was like, well, I don't really have an incentive to play this other than just to play it again, <laughs> right? Which I've already played it twice, yeah. So, yeah. Which is good in and of itself, but right. another reason to get the platinum if there is a platinum in this game, like I really, I have this problem where I will platinum the first version of the game and then the second one will come out or vice versa and be way more difficult than the first one. Yeah. And so I'm hoping they kind of continue this <laughs> forthness with the challenges because I would love um, to just dive real deep um, and get in, get inside Tsushima again. Yeah, for sure. Dave, are you going to jump back in? I installed it on my PS5 shortly after I got it, and I haven't um, jumped back in yet. It's funny, I was watching some people play it on Twitch last week, and I'm just like, I, I haven't even experienced this game in 60 frames per second yet. So Yeah, uh, it's so much. I mean, it's already so beautiful that it kind of doesn't, you don't even feel like you need the 60 frames until yeah. you experience the 60 frames. Yeah. yeah, so I definitely have to. And now you guys are talking about Platinum, so I now that I'm a Platinum boy... I may right. have, to have to go in and... Uh, oh, that's right. You, Dave, you got your first Platinum recently. What got, did you get? I got my first Platinum that wasn't from a Telltale game. I got the Platinum <laughs> for uh, Outriders. Just, Hell just the yeah, other day, dude. So, yeah. That's great. Nice. Yeah. Next up on the news, Control. Okay. Has, uh, <laughs> Remedy has signed a co-publishing and development agreement with 505 Games. And this letter here, which I'm not going to read entirely... Uh, comes from the game director of the Control franchise, Michael Kastrinen. M Mikhail Kastrinen? Something like that. I apologize, Michael. Mikhail. Today, Remedy Entertainment and 505 Games announced that we have signed a new game, codenamed Condor, which is a spinoff set to expand the world we kicked off with Control. 
I want to take a minute to talk about the world of control and our plans a bit more. And then he goes on to thank everyone, talk about uh, control and how there's so much more, and basically saying Project Condor will be an expression of that. I love multiplayer games in the glorious 90s. Me and three friends of mine hooked up our PCs to a local network, et cetera, et cetera. He talks about the same experience that all of us have had in the past. And in my professional career, I have focused almost solely on single-player experiences. Making the world revolve around one player allows an incomparable power fantasy, a total immersion of being somewhere else, anywhere else, or anyone else. But there's another side to games, a social collective experience, which you share with other people, your friends. And that's something about sharing that can elevate it to an experience that's impossible to achieve alone. Which I know, of course, all of us have, you know, we love single-player games, but also it's nice to play with friends sometimes. So, Control. I haven't got confirmation of a sequel yet, quite yet, although I can't imagine that won't be coming in some way, shape, or form in the future. But definitely it looks like we're getting a spinoff to Control. Now, I played Control. Brandon, you didn't. I played for a couple hours. Okay. Uh, don't ask my opinion on it. Okay. <laughs> Dave? Yeah. No, I, I did not play Control. I missed it. But you both have access to it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It's just... This it's, wasn't your thing. It's confusing for the sake of being confusing. Yeah. And poor game design. That's, uh, I mean, that's remedy. I don't know. Yeah. If, I don't know if I would agree with the poor game design part, yeah. but I agree just, with the confusing. For the sake yeah, of it's like I want to be intrigued and confused, and not just like confusing. <laughs> what am I doing and why am I doing it? Right. Like you know. Anyway, but I feel like this this must be the new thing, and I'm actually pleased with it. Yeah. Um, the whole spinoff thing. Right. Why take development? into the next phase and spend years in between titles when you can polish what you have and add on and charge 40, 50 bucks. I'm about it, honestly. Especially when games are getting so much more expensive, exponentially more expensive to develop now right. than they were even 15 years ago. Yeah, I think that a lot of companies are reevaluating how they feel about multiplayer, even if it doesn't make a ton of sense in their game, Yeah, just because the money to be made um, there. And so... I don't know how multiplayer would even play out with this type of game. Right. But I'm willing to see how it goes. I mean, imagining throwing shit at your buddies could be fun. Yeah. I mean, that's but, always fun. But. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just don't, I don't see how it fits in, but I would like my mind to be changed. I agree with you. When I first heard multiplayer and control, I was like, mm, okay, I guess. Yeah. Maybe it's just in the same universe. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah, it's I, I'm with you guys. It, knowing what I know about control and what I know about remedy, if you told me there's there's another game in this in this weird obtuse, very young series coming, multiplayer would not be my first guess at all. But um, did do you guys know if uh, from like a canon standpoint, it was ever actually confirmed that is it uh, control and Alan Wake are technically in the same universe? Yes, it is. Okay, so that would be cool. Yes. If they somehow use, like, multiplayer to, like, really link these two together. Because um, that, 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 that's that got, you know, pretty cool implications from, like, a whole Remedy sort of universe kind of thing. But Sure. Um, yeah, it does seem like an odd choice. Initially. Did they do Heavy Rain, too? No, that that was not them. Oh, my bad. That was, um, oh, I can't say the name of the studio. Oh, no, it's going to bother me. I got to look oh, it up. We'll go back to it some other time. Uh, yeah, Dave can look it up. Yeah, is, but it, is, can, it, is there a lot of other details then, or is it just like, hey, this is happening? No, that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, they say they're excited about it. They say all sorts of things like that that you say. Uh, yeah, I don't really know. It's, Quantic it's Dream. 
Quantic Dream. Thank okay. you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, it's it's kind of ambiguous about what it's actually going to be. Uh, but Dave's right with the Alan Wake tie-ins. And they, and they, not, they, they really kind of confirmed that it was part of the same universe by one of the expansions that was uh, really tied in with Alan Wake uh, seems, from a story element. I did not play that expansion. It's kind of shoehorned in. You, you thought it seemed shoehorned in? No, just like callbacks to other games you've done that are successful in your DLC. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I From what I read, and I did not play this expansion, so I can't speak definitively but uh from what i read it was very well done oh like good, it was done good, well good, good. so because i know a lot of people very fond of alan wake oh alan wake is top tier more so even I, I mean i've heard better sentiments towards alan wake than control so yeah yeah Mo- mostly right control i think was would have been received better if it hadn't been pretty buggy at launch and didn't run super well on some of the last gen consoles, especially the base consoles. Yeah. Which is obviously a, a big issue when you have segmented groups of people playing the same game. Yeah. I'm glad the PS5's out. The further we get away from these last gen titles, yeah. the better. Um, yeah. It's really unique time for a lot of these games switching over like this. So, mm. It's also really cool how you can put out a game that was on PS or you can just put a game that was on PS4 and maybe didn't run great. It can have zero updates, zero anything. And you put it on the PS5 and it runs tremendously better. That's just, that's just so nice. Yeah, it's crazy. It just improves. So like I said, yeah. like I hadn't played control. And I think one of the reasons is because we had access to it on PC. I was afraid I was going to have a subpar experience on my PC, knowing that yeah. that's a game that demands a lot of performance. And if you're not playing in the best sort of, performance environment possible might not be the best experience so yeah totally having games like that that can uh run on your ps5 um it just it it removes that barrier so uh totally agree with you guys there it uh, makes it so much easier to want to kind of dive into those more demanding games especially if you're somebody like me who no longer has their ps4 and doesn't have the greatest pc so right what, what happened to your ps4 dave I took it to work uh, uh-huh. and put it in my staff room at work. So I still have access to my PlayStation. Oh, uh, okay. But, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Mine is uh, literally just on the shelf behind my desk. Cool. Is it Dave, you're... No, no, because I'm an idiot and I don't use it. And I also haven't sold it. <laughs> I Dave, just have it. Dave, you're the fucking guy of the week, dude, for that <laughs> statement. Dude, if somebody brought in their old PS4 to my work and put it in the break room, damn, dude. <laughs> yeah, they were so happy. They were like, "Did you did you seriously just put a PlayStation Four in the break room?" And I'm like, "Yeah," because to me, it's 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 old garbage. You know, I'm in, I'm in the future now. <laughs> I live. I'm a future man. That's right. Yeah. That's right. No. Can't even be be bothered with it. It's very well received. Good man. EA has confirmed that Battlefield 2042 will use bots to help fill its 128 player servers. The story comes by way of The Verge. It says coming this fall. We'll offer the series' largest skirmishes yet. Its all-out warfare modes can fit 128 simultaneous players into a single match across all platforms. Well, not across all platforms. On PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. But you don't always have to have 128 humans in each match because EA will be backfilling those servers with bots to keep the games populated. And there's currently no plan to let you turn that off. Before we really get into some more of the, the pieces here, which there isn't a whole lot of stuff uh, about it, but what do you think about, like, 
Brandon, 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 Brandon has that, strong feelings on this so one. Let's just start um, with okay, Brandon. Anyway. Let's, just go, let's just go with Brandon. What do you think about bots in your game? In your brand new mainline AAA game, Bro, they're worried about filling 120 don't players. Don't set the expectations like this. This is just a bad look. Yeah. It's like we're integrating bots already. Nobody... Is anybody satisfied knowing that they killed bots? No. I'm not. Children. I'm not. Yeah. You when I, I mean? killed those and fucking it, things in Titanfall, I was just, I, I thought I killed a, another player. And then I realized it was a bot and it was just yeah. the most deflating thing ever. Well, that's what I'm saying. And like, I don't know if this is the best option. Yeah. Make a lower player count in your game mode. Right. That's the best option. Yeah, I agree. Not 128 players with bots, 60 players without bots. That's the, <laughs> that's the play. It's um, funny because you can increase the it seems we don't have all the full details yet but it seems as though you can increase the amount of bots that will be in your match but not decrease it so you can't choose to play with zero bots i assume part of that is a network stability they want to make sure that they have enough players to fill the matches which i don't understand that rationale the game hasn't even come out it has, yet. well it hasn't even come out yet and when it does it's going to be hugely popular right. for at least the first Dude, it's however long yeah it's going to sell no matter what but i just think it's funny that they're like you can add more bots if you want but not less <laughs> i've never seen someone asking for bots to be in a game no ever no first person competitive shooting right nobody wants bots dude and like uh, imagine if you were like like winning and you were defeated by majority bots well dude i mean that just like puts into question like the whole stats and everything like how does that work out right not that you know everyone's super concerned with their stats in those games but some people are depending i mean is this going to transfer over into the br like people care about those numbers i care about those numbers i at least like looking at them and to know that i don't know how many of those kills were just a fucking literally a brainless machine <laughs> and how many were like me actually trying to hone my skill at this game and experience the visceralness of the game itself just to be killed by the game or to kill another piece of the game i don't know if i wanted to play with bots i'd play the fucking campaign you know what i'm saying would it make you feel better if your stats showed real players versus bots on how many like on your on your kill stats well that would either make me really happy or really sad <laughs> <laughs> depending but you know yeah. still the best option i think is no bots that's just so strange yeah was that something like they were pleased to put forward i wonder i don't know like oh hello what's up guys we're gonna have uh bots because that was always like super well received in every other like when the <laughs> when they did it in fortnite and everything everyone loved that right yeah. yeah it was one of the favorite things it's just it's very very weird call i will say the one of the most demoralizing things in a multiplayer game is seeing that like when it shows you who killed you that tells you it was a bias <laughs> dude you're the fucking bot now dude yeah exactly your kill cam is you getting killed by a bot at the end of the, end of the map. <laughs> dude imagine that shit <laughs> play of the game bot <laughs> uh so We'll see what that's going to look like. They haven't revealed all of the information on that, but they did confirm that there will be bots. I think the, the craziest thing to me is, I've said this like twice now, but I'm just going to repeat myself again, is that it's Battlefield, which at launch has never had a problem with filling servers, to my knowledge. Maybe I'm wrong here. And it hasn't even come out yet. And they're like, automatically, we're going to give you bots and you can't turn them off. And some people will be able to have more. So I assume that means you're taking up more server space. Granted, I'm sure they have plenty of servers, but 
And the other thing is, historically, have we ever seen bots that... If you could find a bot that played like a human, first of all, someone needs a, a, like a Nobel Prize or something. <laughs> uh, but second of all, like, if you could find a bot that played more like a human, okay, maybe you give me a little competition there. Mixed in with other humans, I get it. But generally, it just... It's a distraction away from the the real players, the the other player, the other real people playing the game, uh, and gives them an opportunity to get one on you. I don't know. I just yeah. don't. Yeah. Yeah, I don't vibe with it, man. Seriously, I've booted up bot lobbies and duty before. Yeah. Put them on veteran. It's nothing like playing with a real person. I know. Person. I've done it with you before. Even at yeah. the best, the computer can do, and not, you know, maybe they have some fancy dancy fucking technology that can change the skill ratings of the characters but yeah. like that's still not going to equate for any of the human factors that go into these games the guns that are good i mean you could program that sort of thing but once again it's not authentic right <laughs> i don't know it seems it's upsetting yes so i agree i don't love it but maybe it'll be great maybe Did i'll you... maybe i'll be doing 360 no scopes on them but who knows <laughs> Dave, you love Battlefield, right? Yeah, I I, I really like Battlefields. So um, you're really pumped about this news. I just don't get... I'm with you. Like, it should be a long time before they even need this. But I'm wondering if this has something to do with the fact that... Um, I believe those 120-player lobbies are only for PC, obviously. Right. PS5 and Xbox Series X. Whereas the last-gen consoles have... Um, a lower cap. I don't know if it's like 64 or something like that. So maybe it has been traditionally. Maybe it has to attenuate for the fact that there's just so few people playing on on uh, new gen consoles. Um, obviously, if it's crossplay with PC, it shouldn't matter. But it well, just seems like you, you shouldn't need bots for a long time after launch because all those lobbies should theoretically fill as long as you have crossplay on with PC yeah. and PS5, Xbox Series X. Right. Well, yeah, Dave. That's that's literally what I was just thinking. It would. It would make sense from that standpoint, right? But games coming out today, especially like this, should and need to have crossplay. So that, you know, that argument almost becomes invalid to me at that point because if you think, you know, oh, we only have PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC, fine. Maybe maybe you have a little bit less in there. But together, right? I don't know. Weird. Yeah, for sure. All right, I got two discussion items here. Well, I guess they've all been discussion items, but uh, one, the first one, and this may be shorter or long, depending on how much you guys know or want to speculate, Casey Hudson has announced that he is going to be forming a new studio. This is going to be an independently founded studio. Uh, it is not going to be you know, owned by a major publisher or anything, at least not at this point. And let me read you the actual tweet from Casey here. It says today, I'm sorry. First it says I've been working with some colleagues on something awesome and I wish I could tell you all about it for now though. I can only say this today. We are announcing a new independent video game company built to unleash the creative freedom of developers, bringing innovation and artistry to players through an all new IP. And the studio is going to be called humanoid studios and Casey will be the CEO. Uh, now, for those who aren't aware, Casey Hudson previously was the GM at BioWare and was the producer and director of both the Mass Effect trilogy and Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Obviously, those are all very well-regarded games. And Anthem. And Anthem? <laughs> That's what it says on Wikipedia. Yeah. So, well, never mind. No, so, <laughs> uh, 
Go ahead, finish what you were saying, but I want to, you know. Well, the next thing I was going to say is, what do we think? What, do we, what would we like to see from someone of this repertoire? And also, uh, now that you brought up Anthem, let's talk about that, because I yeah. totally blacked that out of my yeah. memory. So, and, and in fairness, I just want to say, I think a lot of Anthem's problems were EA. Yeah. Not necessarily Casey Hudson and the other developers. But right. That's a that's another discussion. Yeah. Yeah. The the first word that jumped out at me when I look at this tweet is creative freedom of developers. So yeah. I mean, here's Casey Hudson, and he he did a lot um, during his time at Bioware. Um, so I wonder how much he was really hamstrung by EA when it came, to, you know, to a creative perspective. And you you just sort of mentioned that Ben, how it's there's a really good chance that um, the way anthem turned out was likely because ea was meddling so i wonder if this is also another byproduct of that um so yeah yeah no i you know as someone who's only played a couple games in this man's repertoire um i don't like have a very strong point but i think there's something to be said for understanding the last game that they worked on yeah and i agree with you guys 100 percent. i think that these companies activision ea are incredibly greedy and throw developers around like they're nothing sure um and i think that the tweet is telling creative freedom is what developers should have that's when they make their best games but i will say i'm not willing to put all of my eggs in one basket right um you know there's been many developers um, who's the Mega Man guy who put out a stinker, Mighty oh, Number no. 9? Yeah. So, yeah. like, I'm not, you know, and as someone who's not a huge fan of the Bioware series, that's easy for me to say. Sure. Or, um, I'm Mass sorry, Effect. Mass Effect, yeah. yeah. But I just don't want to be excited until we see more. Sure. Because the last thing he put out was, regardless of what reason, right. was not very enticing for me. So, I mean, I never really get super excited about studi- new studios unless I have a strong faith in either the people there or I already know what kind of game they're working on. Then I'm excited about the game, not about a new studio necessarily. Right. But, but no, that's great. N- new studio, new ideas, I'm sure. Um, I love seeing new studios open. Um, new IPs, man. That's what we need. Yeah. I like how they also stressed not only that they would have creative freedom, but also that they're going to be independent because that... To me, seeing somebody of Casey Hudson's experience uh, and probably the people he has working with him, seeing that experience and seeing uh, that they're not being funded by anyone necessarily, like, okay, well, you you clearly have faith in your product. That right. you're willing to. Pro- I would assume sink your own money at least somewhat into the project. Right. So that's good to see, too. Uh, the other thing, and this isn't in the notes and isn't in our doc here, but Brandon, right before the show started, you started talking a little bit about, you saw some stuff about a new GTA. I didn't see any of that. Yeah. And I'd were, love to hear what it was. No, there was just some sort of leak that happened. I I just saw a blurb about it on Twitter that, um, and you'd have to look around. I'm sure it's all over Twitter at this point, but there was rumored that GTA 6 would be set in a new Vice City. Love it. So like new Vice City or Vice City, but made new? Yes, the second one. Okay. Made new, assumedly. Right. Um, and once again, it's it's just a leak, but from what I saw, it was from someone who's semi-reliable. So I think that that game is a long way out, but the prospect of going back to Vice City is great. Yeah. Um, those were some of my favorite games. I played it on 
PS2. I played it on PSP. And um, I love the 70s vibes. Yeah. A lot of fun, some great music. And I almost wish they would do something completely new, but I'm not surprised that they're not, if this in fact is true. Um, Dave, do you have much experience with the the Grand Theft Auto series, Vice City, anything like that? Yeah, actually... um this I'm looking at the leaks that you're mentioning and it it the with the dates that they're throwing around of like 2024 2025 it it's so like honestly who knows where it's going to be but when you mentioned Vice City um I played that game so much that I actually didn't need the map anymore like (laughs) I had that's awesome from from a from a Grand Theft Auto standpoint it's not a huge game but I just I can remember getting to a point in that game where I was like, I actually just know where I'm going. I recognize all the streets <laughs> and the buildings. I know it's how like to get to every there. spot. And uh, yeah, so I would love to see a return to that, even if it's not even like a full-fledged uh, Grand Theft Auto game. But if we got like a, you know, a proper remake or something like that, that would be so cool. And Vice City would be the one that I would pick. So yeah. yeah. Nice. I, uh, I'm a little surprised just a slight bit surprised that they're even considering doing a new GTA game mm-hmm. because, well, for a lot of reasons, obviously money is a reason they would do it, but I feel like they're making so much money on GTA online that almost seems like foolish to want to work on a new game. Well, dude, but listen, the new thing, Activision paved the way for this. Yeah. With the way Call of Duty is going to work, Warzone will move on separately. Right, right. So why could GTA Online not move on separately and import assets from the PS5 into GTA Online, and now you got a cool car right. from GTA Vice City, GTA 6, whatever. Sure. You know what I mean? Right. I really see that being a bigger thing. Companies holding on to platforms and then continuing to add to them right. with their new shit. I think that's good, but I think so much of the appeal of Vice City or really Grand Theft Auto games in general is the time period and environment in which they're set. Yeah. So to take GTA 5 and throw in Vice City into that for the online component, I don't know. See, I mean, I'm sure it'd be cool. Honestly, I would even say the same thing about Call of Duty with that's the guns true. and everything. Yeah. And they're putting in, in quotes, Cold War right. guns. <laughs> so I don't know. It really makes you wonder. And honestly, at this point... I don't think that GTA Online will be dead in three or four more years, but I guess you really never know. There right. could be something new by then. Right. So, the game yeah. is such it's it's such a freak of the industry that game, and I want to say like yes, at some point they have to do a new GTA and they have to somehow update and migrate GTA Online to something new. But it's like that thing is printing money right now, and it is yeah. just not stopping. So they don't have to do anything, <laughs> dude. And the PS5 update isn't even out yet. Oh, I know. I was actually just talking about, I want to replay that, but I want to wait for the PS5 version. Sure. Boys, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been playing. My list isn't terribly extensive, but Dave, since you just talked about platinuming Outriders, why don't you kick it off? Uh, sure. I feel I feel like such a child getting my first uh, participation trophy. <laughs> but I, I got the platinum. I'd been working on it for a couple of weeks now. And the first thing I did was take a picture of, of the screen and I shared it in the Slack chat. Yeah. Uh, so everybody could, could be proud of me. Um, but yeah, here's what happens to me is I get a new game and be- somewhere between the five and 10 hour mark, I'm having a great time with a game. And, and, and I start to think, you know what? I might platinum this. 
I think I'm going to do it. And then about the 15, 20 hour mark, I'm sick of it. I want to move on to something else. And then I don't even think about doing the platinum again. That for some reason didn't happen without riders. It was an easy platinum. Um, so that probably helped. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think I can officially say that I, I'm, I'm done without riders. I picked back up in uh, Demon Souls. Uh, I just beat the man eaters today. I think uh, last time I talked to you guys, I had just beaten the flame lurker. So I've gotten yeah, two pretty two pretty big boys out of the way now. You're um, you're chugging along. A lot of people have trouble with the man eater, man. That's great. Yeah, a second try. I was I was pretty happy wow. with myself. Damn, once dude. you once you figure out sort of you know stay in the middle spot and and how to bait their their thing. It's the same thing with any boss. Yeah, Dave, Dave spent months perfecting his strategy by watching in, it on Twitch. So when he <laughs> yeah, finally went say, into yeah. it, he knew how to... Dude, you know it helps, dude. You're not wrong. It was actually <laughs> YouTube, but... Oh, yeah. okay. I'm so dude, scared helps. of hitting a wall in that game that I I am doing a lot of homework on it, so yeah. even if I tell you guys at some point in the future I beat Demon Souls, I did get a lot of help. Uh, but yeah. I haven't summoned any help. It's just it's just preparation mentally. So. Right. Nice, dude. So yeah, yep. Trucking along there, and uh, I mean, if somebody time. if somebody told me they passed the LSATs, but that they studied a lot, I wouldn't wouldn't fault them for that. Yeah, yeah LSATs that. and Demon Souls. That, that's a good. Comparison. Yeah, it's pretty much pretty the same comparable. Thing. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Demon Souls might be harder. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So Outriders and Demon Souls, Brandon, you just got done telling me that you're really proud because you've been playing through a lot of games lately. Dude, I've been smashing the backlog. So I don't know if I talked about it, but I did Platinum A Rift Apart. Uh-huh. I think I mentioned that last week. And I had never beat Ratchet and Clank 2016. I was actually like an hour and a half away when I stopped for some reason. Okay. Um, so I, re- I remember when you played it. Yeah. 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 I just kind of burned myself out with the collectibles right. the first time around. Um, and yeah, I finally finished that, which is great. Um, the wrong order, but I finished them nonetheless. You know, I played the the Rift Apart first in 2016 after, but really interesting to see how far that game has come. Um, the Ratchet series in general, I know it's been, you know, what, four or five years, but yeah. um just so cool seeing it side by side and there's not really any other way to do that than just sit down and play um so that was really fun finally finished that and i had a hankering to play call of duty but not actually play call of duty right um so i downloaded the uh, modern warfare 2 remastered campaign and that took me down memory fucking lane man i gotta tell you um modern warfare 2 I put some 30 odd hours into the multiplayer and it was so fun going back and remembering it um, and seeing it better than ever in 60 frames a second. Um, So yeah, I finished a couple things here in the past month, Rift Apart 2016 and Modern Warfare 2. And uh, I just started Village, Resident Evil Village. So I will be playing that next. Um, Very cool. Mostly just confused during the beginning, (laughs) but I think that's... A lot of my beginnings of games, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Unless it's a first-person shooter, which it is. Um, wow. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Um, interested to play more. I don't really have a lot to say about it. I'm so early on. Yeah. So. Cool. Did you play Mario Golf? Not yet. Not yet. Um, I've been saving money. We're moving into a new place, and so I'm only buying very specific games. Right. Um, I borrowed Village from Dustin, so I I I I held myself back, um, and I and I borrowed it from a friend. I've been playing Mario Golf, Dave. Cool. Do you have T- it? Tell me about it. No. Oh, I was gonna say, do you want to fight me in Mario Golf? <laughs> but do you why is everybody why, why is everybody getting so angry at each other on on the internet about Mario Golf? I see 
uh, Mr. Matty plays and and our one and own Dustin Furman uh, fighting about about Mario Golf. And it's, it's supposed to be a fun and happy, relaxing game. It's golf. Uh, I don't think you've ever played Mario Golf then, because like they're fighting each other constantly. Dude, they're dancing they're, across the green. They're dude. doing like special moves, bumping into each other, blasting, uh, blasting ice patches in your way. There's like big clouds that that, that blow so blow in your ball. You're referring <laughs> to the new Super Rush sort of mode in the game. Correct. Okay. Well, no. Okay, so so the new Mario Golf uh, came out last Friday, and uh, I've been playing. I I used it as an excuse. Uh, because I wanted it, but I felt less bad buying it because my my seven year old's favorite thing in the world is Mario right now. So I've been playing it a lot with him. So I haven't really got to like fully flex my golf muscles in it. Uh, but so there, there's a traditional mode where you're just playing you're playing golf. Uh, it tees you up at your ball every time. Uh, then there's a speed golf mode where you're playing and you run it every so you you take a swing then you run to your ball and it's you can set it up so it's like fewest amount of hits to the hole like traditional golf or so that it's who's the first into the hole uh which is like a different mode there hmm. and then there's also a battle mode which you just compete to see who can can get it into uh uh, complete the course in the, the smallest amount of time. It's not a traditional course. It's just like an arena almost. Uh, there might be one other mode, but I haven't played it yet. I know oh. there's online mode as well, uh, of course, that you can play uh, multiplayer online with people. But yeah, I mean, it's obviously been a while since we got a Mario Golf game, and I don't think I put a lot of time into the last one. Uh, no, wait, what was the last Mario Golf game? I don't know. Uh, GameCube? Maybe? Is it GameCube? It's I know there's one on the 64. I did not have a game. The one on the 64 I put a bajillion hours into, including up until like this year. I was still playing it <laughs> with my kids, especially. Uh, but no, the new Mario Golf, I mean, it's lacking in some in some features. But like at the end of the day, it's like it's golf. I just want to play golf. I want to I want to hit the ball as few times as possible to get to the hole and then play the next hole. So for me, it's not I don't have any problem with any of the lack of features. I would certainly appreciate more but it's not taking any points off of it for me. Did you play everybody's golf? I did play. I played a lot of everybody's golf. I played a lot of everybody's golf with you. What's it like compared? I would say it's very similar in many ways. Um, Everybody's golf definitely has more features, um, more uh, just different modes and stuff you can play and more quirky in certain areas. But what it doesn't have is Mario. True. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm constantly wondering about Nintendo's new releases and yeah. how there's always just something slightly off yes. with me that I hear about them that I'm like, why was that the choice? Yeah, I would agree. Why are the features small? And I think the reason that they do that is because they just put Mario in and that's fine. And, and it sells and, 7 million copies. Yeah, in the and I don't, I don't know that I like that. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I, I think that that's definitely a problem. The the th- the problem f- with regard to that is people like me who just want to play it because it is Mario. I mean, <laughs> I'm fully well yeah, prepared to true. admit that. Like, there's no reason I needed to buy this game. I have a golf game that's great in everybody's golf. I could have just kept playing that. But the reality is, like, it's Mario. So I'm going to play. I mean, I- I'm part of the problem. I'll admit yeah. that. Uh, just double checked. The last game was mario golf world tour on the 3ds in 2014 okay so that ben, i did have and i did play very little of when you play with your kids are you like do you go easy on them or you just fucking destroy them when you play games like uh this? neither 
either. My no, because my youngest son is not very good at certain aspects of the game as far as like but he's pretty good in the the non in the, in the rush mode where you're running from ball like where you hit your ball to the next spot. Uh, he's not great with that because he's not quite mastered the the double joystick uh, locomotion. The motor the skills, the motor aren't skills, there. yeah. Uh, okay. it, but my seven year old is. But in the regular golf, like really, as long as you can, I mean, there's obviously more nuance to it than this, right? But like for him, as long as he can click the button at the right time uh, when when the meter meter is going up and down, uh, showing you how far you're going to hit the ball. Uh, he can pretty much get within a few points of par every time. Damn. Yeah. So uh, now my seven-year-old has got a lot more nuance and skill. He's, you know, he's he's a Mario master. If it's got Mario in it, <laughs> he's going to perfect it. Dude has beaten Mario Odyssey like six times. Oh my god, dude! Because he just loves like he just he just loves Mario. That's great, dude. Yeah. I cannot. I've only wait. beat Mario <laughs> Odyssey once. Yeah, I, me, I just didn't have any more stamina. For me it. too. I cannot wait to one day destroy my children at video games. <laughs> no, absolutely no mercy from me. Um, even at the youngest of ages, there will be no mercy. Yeah. This is how life is. Um, taxes. Yeah. Uh, I certainly don't go easy on them. Yeah. Uh, it's like Dave Chappelle in the yeah. hospital room with a kid. <laughs> yeah. <them> sticks. <laughs> yeah. So when when we went, I didn't tell them that we were we were going to buy Mario Golf, even though they both kind of knew it was coming out eventually and that, that I wanted it. But I was just like, hey, we're we're going to the store. So we go and I like walk back to where the games are and I'm like, oh look, Mario Golf's out. Let's buy it. She's like, yeah. And then my youngest is like, can we get a new game every time we come here? And I'm like, no, that's not how this works. Cause I'm, yeah, uh, if you want to buy a bud. Right. <laughs> but uh, I remember very specifically, uh, I like had them go over to the guy because I bought it at Walmart because they have the $10 off new releases for non first party Sony stuff. Pretty Can't much. Beat that. Can't beat yeah, that. exactly. And I walk over to the guy and I'm like, all right, tell him what you want. And he tells him, he's like, I want Mario Golf. And the guy goes, well, come over here and show me where it is, buddy. And, you know, they, he goes over just to whatever. And he brings it back and, I, I look at my, my son and I'm like, I need you to understand something. And he's, he said, what? I said, this is my game and you get to play it, but I'm, we're buying this for daddy. And he's nice. like, yeah, I understand. Nice, dude. So, uh, it was very much, uh, you know, I had to, that was probably the roughest on my but, but no, I mean, I, I'm beating him almost every time, but like there are times where I'm like halfway through the match, I'm like, I'm getting kind of worried. He's, he might best me here. <laughs> uh, Damn. Dude. Yeah. He's, he's better at it than I would have imagined just because there is some nuance and skill to it. There is a very easy mode kind of way to play it too. But uh, yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. I'm also playing, of course, been playing Sea of Thieves. Uh, played a lot of the new edition with A Pirate's Life, uh, which I uh, could gush on for hours about. I talked a lot about it on, I was a guest on Defining Duke last week. Uh, so if anyone wants to hear my extended thoughts, that's all time stamped. You can go check that out. Um, on Defining Duke, but I just really like it. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I've finished those. I'm going to go back and play them again to get more like the commendations and stuff. But as always, I'm just en enjoying playing Sea of Thieves in general. Uh, also continues playing some Destiny. Um, if you've played Destiny, you know how Destiny is. I don't have to tell you more about how Destiny works. Uh, the last thing I'm playing, I'm playing through Biomutants. I played about six or eight hours of it initially when it came out. Uh, mostly I played it to capture footage for Phil, who was doing the review, uh, so I could edit together a little review for him. 
but now I'm just going back and I started it over and I'm, I have a different character build and I'm all the decisions I remember making, I'm making the opposite decision this time just to see how it affects things uh, or if it will really affect things. So I don't have a whole lot to say about it other than that. I like Biomutants. They've done a lot of updates to it, which I think have uh, increased my enjoyment of the game. Uh, but I like it. It's a, it's a cute little RPG uh, with a fuzzy little creature. Like you can't ask for a whole lot more in my opinion. I was just thinking about that game today. I completely forgot about it yeah. until today. Yeah. Since the last time we talked about it literally. And that kind of struck me is that I just lost so much interest, man. It fell out of the conversation so much very, very quickly. And a lot of the critique of it was valid, but a lot of it was overblown in my opinion. I, I think that a lot of the things that people complained about were dumb, but Again, that's just their opinion. That's my opinion. So whatever. Yeah. But uh, I'll have more to say on it once I'm done with it. But it's a lot of fun. I, I enjoy it. It's as much as it is a game where you do have to like absorb the story. And that's obviously a very strong component of it. Uh, it's also a game very much that you can kind of just zone out of and, and play right. it through too. So right. it just depends on what you're looking for there. Uh, you can reduce it so the narrator doesn't hardly talk at all. Uh, which is a great addition to the game, I think, because <laughs> if you play without adjusting those settings, the narrator just drones on forever, uh, and that gets a little obtuse. But yeah, it's it's I, I'm enjoying it. We'll see how I like it when I when I finish it. I'm not probably gonna run for like a, I'm playing it on PC, so I'm probably not gonna run for like a completion run. Um, but I am enjoying th thus far in the game playing as a different character than I did the first time I played through a little bit because you do see a different skill set. You see a different weapon set. You see uh, some of the choices I'm making um, just different. Like just a very early on spoiler here. Uh, you find this guy who was like captured by the enemies and you can either choose to let him go or, or not. And I was like, well, the first time I played this, I let him go. I, I like, I like saved him this time. I'm just going to, there was an option like, um, you know, you'll get by on your own or something like that. And I just picked that one. And it's not just like you don't help them. You like actually punch them in the face. <laughs> God, <laughs> so like dude. that was, that was fun. I don't You're know. a little raccoon, man. You just punch that motherfucker in the face. That's right, dude. Just Damn. like knock them into oblivion. So Damn. yeah, you're fucking cold, Ben. I mean, remember my first instinct was to save them. <laughs> so I just had to do the opposite. Was all. This Let is me a not renegade playthrough. Renegade playthrough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was going to say this. He's going rogue. Yeah. I do notice that one thing I missed from my first playthrough, I picked the whatever class it was. I can't even remember the name of the class. I have to look. But um, they had like the auto reload thing like or the quick reload like in uh, uh, Gears of War where when you're reloading, you can like click a trigger and it automatically refills your gun. It's like a time event to make yeah. your reloading quicker. It's almost yeah. like a like a yeah, like a real time event uh, or a quick time event. But when you're, I didn't realize, but in this other class I'm playing, that that feature isn't there. You have to wait for the gun to fully reload. And I didn't realize how much or how much I was using it or how much I enjoyed it until I didn't have it anymore. <laughs> and like, I'm still out of habit, like clicking that and then it, you know, makes the click sound. And yeah. So that's, that's just like one very minor thing that I noticed right off the bat that definitely is a, is a difference there. But there's a lot of differences for sure. Especially when you get to punch other little rat guys in the face. That's fun. <laughs> That's it for me. Yeah. That's it for all you guys. That's it for the show. Unless you guys have anything else you want to talk about. No, man. All right. I, cool. I hope, I, last thing is, uh, I hope when I finally start playing Sea of Thieves, it's not too late and uh, I have people to play with. So I'll be there soon, Ben. Dave, I promise. just come on in. When, when are you getting your Xbox? 
Uh, I, I'm thinking uh, shortly after the wedding. Yeah. But, uh, but it's on PC. Um, it is so on PC. Th- yeah. I really have no excuse. So well, we'll, you played uh, with me. We played together like, I don't know, over a year ago now, right? Yeah, that's when I had Game Pass. Uh, right. I could get it back. It's no big deal. But uh, I, can, I think about it at least once a day. And yeah. I'm like, I got to jump in now because soon people are going to stop playing. And then um, probably not. I, I assume it's not the same experience solo. Um, it's not the same experience, although a lot of people are like, oh, I can't. I, you know, I don't know why, know why anybody would want to play solo. I like playing solo. I certainly like playing more with other people uh, because just like I like the I like the PvP. I like fighting in the game. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just enjoy, you know, the PvE aspects, which are fun, too. But I, I love the interactions with other players. That's my favorite thing about the game. So for me, when you have another player with you and can really actually win some of those encounters, uh, that's a lot more. Not that you can't win encounters by yourself, but it's obviously much more difficult because you're controlling the ship, you're controlling the sails, you're controlling the cannons, you're doing repairs, all that. So obviously, if you have an extra person, those things are going to be easier uh, to, to navigate with another person than they would be by yourself. So cool. Dave, hop in. Just 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 play. All right. I'm doing it. Also, I think it might not still be, but it was on sale on Steam for 20 bucks. So if you didn't want to have to sign up for Game Pass for 10 bucks a month or whatever, uh, again, just you know, just want to make a one-time purchase, you're, you can do that too. All right. Cool. Well, thanks. Uh, reminder, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Sign up for a dollar a month and uh, you get early ad-free access. You can sign up for more money than that too, but I'm just going to try to sell you on the $1 option. Uh, join our Discord, hang out with us there. And uh, I guess I guess we'll see you next week. Yeah. All right. Bye. The HP Podcast and HandsomePhantom.com are supported by our proud patrons over at Patreon. If you want to support the show, head over to Patreon.com slash HandsomePhantom. The following members are producers of the show and are at the $5 level. Adaholic, Passive Pixels Edwin Castillo, Fusebro, Boots, Ali C83, Poot, Jared, Felix Check, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Stewie108, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Straw Hat Ninja, Josh DeBerry, Michael J. Sutherland, Jared Cavaliero, and Jason Canham.